1: Greetings and God bless. This is Jamar Tisby, and we are passing the mic to me and Bria. As you can see, Tyler Burns is in absentia here. He didn't really pass me the mic. I kind of took it. <laughs> so we could do a special episode. So some of the things I like to do on Pass the Mic is like how-to stuff. Giving yeah. folks skills and, and tips well. to actually live their life. <laughs> so we're sitting down. And I have with me an expert in social media. Ooh,
0: that's that's pressure. I don't well, know about. Expert. At least it's your
1: job. It
0: is my job, and <laughs> I did study some. I studied part of this in college. Oh,
1: you studied it too? Ish, in it Was yeah. it like communications?
0: Mm-hmm. So I. My major was communications. my minor was journalism, but my concentration it was a minor and a concentration was integrated marketing communication and so literally just integrated talking
1: about marketing communication. communication yeah go so ahead just
0: talking about digital integration of all all Look platforms. At that. um so social media, web, um, And even talked about a little bit of VR and- Whoa. uh, Yeah, that was kind of- Metaverse. The the Metaverse. (laughs) This is before the Metaverse came about, but I mean, really right before, because I graduated in 2020, went to college from 2016 to 2020. So I mean, we're right in the thick of the digital age, of course. And so even in the journalism and- writing and other modes of communication, we're talking all we're talking about all of that from a digital perspective. Yes. Everything is digital. Yes. yes. And so of course we had, you know, print media type classes, but then we're doing video and studio uh, field production and it's like that's a skill you need whether you want to be a journalist or not. Wow. Yeah. And talking about how everyone kind of needs these kind of basic video and digital skills to make it in this industry, because that's where we are now.
1: Well, this is this is so important of a conversation. So I'm an elder millennial or a geriatric millennial, (laughs) some would say. (laughs) Does
0: that make me geriatric Gen Z? No, I don't know.
1: I don't know know if that's a thing yet. Maybe it just became a thing when you said it. but so so I grew up what's 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 interesting about my generation is we grew up both in the pre internet age and the early internet age. Mm. so the generation before us Gen X, their entire childhood would have been basically you know, pre internet yeah. when I was Early teens is when we had AOL and dial up and we started to do that. And then when I was in college, internet had become a thing. Mm-hmm. So it was it was starting to be part of the no- – nothing like it is now. Right. But what that meant was that we had some sort of historic connection in our lives mm-hmm. with technology. But with social media, it's been really, really interesting to where – it feels somewhat intuitive a little bit but now it feels like it's picking up pace so much yeah. and so many changes in addition to so many more things you can do with social media in particular let alone integrated communication integrated media communication right mm-hmm. that now even i as somebody who 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 lives online a lot in order to you know to sort of disseminate that. my content yeah I'm starting to feel overwhelmed. So I wanted to have this conversation with you to sort of. And it's of...
0: funny because even me as a person who works in this industry is overwhelmed. Yeah. <laughs> like It's just so much to consider. And you think about how social, the entire concept of social media started as just a way to connect with your friends and family.
1: Very simple. Um,
0: yes. There was no, there was none of the filters. There was none of the specific. Like, preset things. It was just like, I'm posting a cute little picture of what I did today. I'm posting this. I went on a walk in the yeah. forest. And, of course, you still have that. You sure. know, people post their cats and their dogs. and
1: But then it became passe to even, like, post your food pics. Like, right. oh, you're not supposed to do that anymore. Right. Whatever.
0: Um, and now it's, of course... Eventually, businesses saw the opportunity yeah. to be like, okay, well, everybody's here, so let's see if we can market our products here. Make some money. And there goes, there you go, the rise of the influencer.
1: Mm, uh, there it is, yes, yes, yes. Having
0: people uh, who have a certain aesthetic or a certain personality or a certain just like look that you think <laughs> connects to your business and sells your organization well- now you you make them the face of the product yeah
1: and niche and micro niche and yeah. micro influencer and all these things yeah. so and this is this is a conversation that you and I are having as people who are online a lot. So right. I can imagine people listening really being feeling like they're they're out of depth here. So break it down for us. What are the main social media platforms, and what are they good for? Right, like I think we can name them. Right, but mm-hmm. but what are they? Each each platform is, is slightly different in terms of its audience, its utility, et cetera, et cetera. You work with The Witness in that capacity. Just just tell us from your perspective what each one was, what, what each one is, what they're good for.
0: Yeah, well, it's interesting because, of course, it's changed over time based on um, how the kind of gatekeepers and the founders, the people who are in charge, um, have configured the algorithms, which we'll get into. But the main ones right now, of course, are Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, mm. Facebook. It, it it's really interesting how Facebook still remains yes. a main because it's still in the minds of you know my generation and younger. It's now like the old people platform. <laughs> this is
1: the dinosaur. Yes.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, when is it going to die out? Right. It's <laughs> the one that started it all. There's no point to it. Most people <laughs> say they are on it, and yet it's still kicking and still one of the main. Um, you talk about, you ask, you know, what it's good for. And I mean, it's Facebook is the one that's just all over the place. You can, everything does well to, from videos to photos, to micro blogs, what we call micro blogs, which is literally just, you know, it looks like it should be a blog. It's like four or five paragraphs,
1: but it's just a post.
0: Yeah. It's just a post. It's just like off the dome thoughts. Wow. Um, most of the time.
1: It's so interesting that you say that because I'm still constantly surprised that when I look at the breakdown of, let's say, I post something on my Substack, and then I'll post it on all my socials. Mm -hmm. And where I still get the highest engagement is Facebook.
0: Yeah. I'm like,
1: (laughs) I don't give Facebook hardly no attention. You know, I'm posting, I'm gone. But I don't do anything with filters or graphics or stickers or anything like that. Just as straight, no frills kind of thing and yet and still it's the highest engagement like what is happening
0: well it's partly because i think partly because of the nature of your content people go to facebook looking for controversy
1: (laughs) 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 and so your
0: content not to say that obviously that you are you know specifically trying to be controversial but because you're in the justice space and you're in the uh crt white christian nationalism that space um, and because of just the nature of the time that we're in, that's just
1: you're saying I invite this. <laughs> it's, it's my own fault. No, very good. No, got, no, it, no. got it. Got it. Got <laughs> it. Well, talk to us about TikTok because I feel like that platform, yeah. above all, is most intimidating to people mm-hmm. who are even just a shade past, like mid twenties or something. You know? Yeah. No, it's intimidating <laughs> to
0: me. I've never even created my own TikTok video. I just navigate and direct people to how to use it and um, what it's like, we're saying what it's good for, but because TikTok is not as person, like not personalized on the level of, like you have your for you page of what you're following and what you're interested in and and those kinds of things. And it kind of predicts what you're going to be interested in based on what you've already liked, what you've commented on, what videos you tend to linger on and things like that. But I think that TikTok is so intimidating because it feels like it's so many moving parts.
1: Yeah. And so it
0: feels like you're literally getting into the video production yes. of, you know, I'm deciding what to create and I'm putting, you know, my face and my filter and I got to use this music and I got to use these effects and these, all of these different things. Um, and so I can understand why it's mm. intimidating, but you never really can predict what's going to do well on TikTok either. Because, you know... There's people who will get 17 million views, 2 million likes on one post. And then you'll look at the rest of their feed and it's like 100, right, right, 100 right. likes per, per post. Um, but it just so happened that one video just took off because of how it hit people's feeds. Um,
1: so what is TikTok good for? Like if I don't have an account, mm-hmm. do I need one? Let's say I'm a content producer. Mm-hmm. Is, is that a platform that I need to... Be, have a presence on or can I stick to like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram?
0: Well, it's funny because now that Instagram is pushing the reels and the videos, mm-hmm. I think a few months ago, I would have said that TikTok is necessary for content creators. Mm-hmm. But now that Instagram has completely, not completely, but shifted their algorithm to favor Reels and videos, which are basically TikToks, (laughs) I would almost say that like, no, focus on the Reels on Instagram since you already understand and use that platform um, to just tailor all of your stuff to producing those Reels. And it's, I mean, they work almost the same way as TikTok does, but they're more, um, they tend to be more successful and and pushed in the algorithm, whether you're following that content or not, Mm. you may get it on your Discover page, you may get it. Um, and, and people just love those they just love those 10 second snippets they where do. they can they do um, send them out so for content creators reels is probably the most important tool in your toolbox right now whoa um, and there's an interesting conversation too with I don't consider uh, I don't want to conflate content creation with writers and authors though the two are you know they're kind of integrated at this point but There is an interesting conversation about whether writers should be focusing on
1: listen, come on, get into video
0: marketing content, whether their focus if they should be focusing on creating that kind of content to market their books.
1: You you're in my house now. (laughs) Yeah, come on. (laughs) And
0: it's like a lot of people feel like, no, my job is writing. And if I'm trusting a marketing team to be You know, putting my stuff out there, then that should be their job to figure out, okay, how should I make video content out of this and... What kind of influencer should I get to market this kind of... And yeah, it's just interesting. And how do you feel about that?
1: Well, there's even another layer too where do, do they understand the culture well enough to put that stuff out right. on your behalf, especially right. if you're a and black person? And should they author. have
0: to take the time out to do that?
1: Right. So it is it is a constant struggle where okay. you can easily lose writing time. <laughs> too. Exactly. And it's a hamster yeah. wheel of... You, you, I mean, you because the algorithm rewards consistency and frequency so really if you want to keep traffic up and you want to grow there has to be daily content sometimes multiple daily content plus it's not even just one platform it's multiple different platforms Mm -hmm. the way i so i i'm on social media a lot and actually i have to discipline myself to to get off not because i'm like doom scrolling but because production takes so darn long you know it could be The first hour of my day is not like email or writing or research. It's like posting (laughs) in different things. And when you, by the time you add the captions, the stickers, the filter, the music, the voiceover, the caption, all of that has taken up a ton of time. Pass the mic. We appreciate you. Just to get back to the platforms, what they use it for, what I use it for. Mm-hmm. I use Twitter for opinion. Mm-hmm. I use Twitter for news. I use Twitter to get a a lay of the land on something that's happened. Mm-hmm. I follow hashtags. I look at um, you know, what's trending. And I also have curated the, the, my feed in terms of the people I follow their m- opinions I care about. So right, I right. want to see what those folks and, 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 and Twitter is great because you can follow whomever and get lots of different perspectives. Right. Um, I'm spending most of my time now on Instagram, which is newer for me. Um, it, 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 it was, a of Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, Instagram was the last one I adopted. Mm-hmm. So it's taken me longer to learn it. I like it in terms of its usability and uh, user experience, or at least I'm used to it. And I haven't quite defined one particular use for Instagram for me, because it started out more as the social media sharing. I wanted to show, show a more personal side of Jamar.
0: Right. That, that's what it, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's what it... Began to be. as that's what all social media began as, but now mm-hmm. it's become a little bit more. I'm sharing some of my professional work as mm-hmm. well, so I'll share uh, tweets I've done. Right, in a screen that is
0: interesting yes. because a lot of people now have they yeah, they transpose your tweets onto an aesthetic background, yes. and then you know make it the size of the Instagram you know, dimensions or whatever. And then people are so quick to share those. Yes, like,
1: it's very short They sure love
0: that. those threads. So
1: there's your first tip. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if something on Twitter has gotten some traction, go ahead, screen cap it, put it on a background yes. on Instagram, yes. and watch the magic. And you can even make that into a reel just by doing a voiceover mm-hmm. of – literally I've done, I just read the tweet (laughs) and that's maybe I'll put some background music on it. And that's about the limit on my, like how to use the, 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 the bells and whistles on Instagram. I can add some music and a voiceover and a filter and that's about it. There's all these transitions and things that I'm.
0: And honestly, uh, that's more than a lot of people can say, because it's just so there's so much to consider. Um, And I think that. The 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 Twitter thing that we're talking about and transposing those tweets onto aesthetic backgrounds and why they're so shareable is there's the social media aspect, but then there's the cultural aspect of because we are in a heavy information digital age, people want information and they want opinions in these bite sized yes. you know,
1: shareable shareable like yeah,
0: people almost want that and obviously they're all going to be oversimplifications yes. of whatever is going on but it's like people want to feel like they know enough about something to have an opinion on it and they want to know that if they don't have their own opinion someone they can trust can give them you know what right. to think about right something.
1: some perspective yeah so i want to talk about the algorithm <laughs> so first of all, just unpacking, because it, it it's almost taken on like a, a sentient being kind of um, ethos, mm-hmm. the algorithm, <laughs> like it's got a personality Listening. or a force of its own. But it is critical. It it, it it really essentially determines what information gets shared, and it takes on very serious dimensions when misinformation and conflict is rewarded put to the top of your feed, shared widely, yeah. shapes public opinion, et cetera. So mm-hmm. just what is the algorithm and what does it do?
0: Yeah, well I will I can I can tell you that I'm not a super expert on this because that's where we get into the technical yeah. like <laughs> bells and whistles binaries ones and zeros kind of thing
1: <laughs> the computer programming the computer, yeah, yeah that is not suffered.
0: my my bag but it is something that i have to understand at least basically the basics of to do my to do my job well and so when we're talking about an algorithm that th- i think the thing that people miss is that these algorithms are created by people. They go. don't just drop out of the sky. There we go. You know, and so algorithms have biases and they have racial biases and they have uh, uh, cultural and gender and um, all of those, religious, sexuality, all of those biases baked into mm. those algorithms. Mm. Um, and so there, it's interesting because at one point in, I want to say, 2010 there was a big case study about how when you searched um i want to say it was when you searched black girl or black woman um pictures of gorillas would come up
1: oh my lord
0: yeah like as the first this is in 2010 like as the first images it was either pictures of gorillas or um and then you would scroll down and you would get like dark skinned black women's working and things like that. Wow. And so that was exposed and then that is when um that that was what that was when you saw the rise of black women in tech uh oh, coming okay. in. Okay. Um, okay. Because we're realizing that hey, these algorithms are created by, you know, white men, white some some, you know, white supremacists with racial not even just not even just unintentional racial bias, but intentional racial violence baked into these algorithms. Um, And so when you're thinking about that with social media and misinformation and um, just violent rhetoric, the algorithm, again, the algorithm rewards controversy. And so we're in, because we're in such a highly quote unquote sensitive um, generation and age, it's not about what's ethical. Mm. It's not pushing what's, what about the ethical boundaries of what we should say and what we should not say and what we should push. It's what's going to make people stay on these platforms longer. And so that's yeah. the whole, I think that's the whole complication of being in this industry as someone with ethics and values mm. and, um, you know, things that I just personally that I wrestle with being a part of is like, How do we use these tools in our arsenal for the good things that we're trying to push, but also participating, honestly, or uh, unintentionally, I guess, participating in the system of we just want to keep people on these platforms. We want to keep people attentive um, because that increases the profits for um, those who are in charge. And so now we get into, you know, conversations about capitalism.
1: <laughs> and A whole other pass the mic. A whole other. Um, um, so, I mean, so you do social media for The Witness, which is uh, ministry yes. and enterprise trying to do good. What are some of your sort of operating principles or guidelines as you seek to use this platform, which can be abused, mm-hmm. whether for the profit motive and just keeping people's attention or, um, just almost addictive behaviors and, you know, proneness to depression and mental illness from staying on too long. What are some, what are some guiding principles that you use as you attempt to, um, do good with this tool?
0: Yeah. So there's, definitely i'm always thinking about the balance of how do i make sure our content is getting to our audience in an effective way mm-hmm. um but also uh yeah considering all that you are saying about how we are how we are participating in this system of you know the more content people consume the more it and, and the more ne- i say the more negative content people consume Um, the more it fosters depression and anxiety and all Mm -hmm. these different things. And I think one of the things I try to do is with our content, we have a great mix of content that is uh, focused on things happening in the culture as they happen. um, And then evergreen, black, just talking about black joy, talking about mental health, talking about self care and all those different things. And so I try to always make sure that every time, we have to post something about a big incident that happened, whether it's an incident of police brutality or a toxic pastor doing something or another Mm. or whatever it is um, to make sure I am, no matter when it was posted and when we talked about it, to make sure I'm also pushing out our content about caring for ourselves Mm. and pursuing black joy. Mm. And even just like really lighthearted entertainment stuff. Like one of our – One of our columnists, Christina Button, shout out to Christina Button, um, did a piece about – she wrote a piece in our column, uh, her column, uh, Black Women Plant Seeds, because she is the author, so I want to call it her column, um, about how Bridgerton – uh, the show Bridgerton, uh, Shonda Rhimes produced, should not have to bear the burden of racial education because we have we have enough. We're, we're dealing with enough racial trauma in the world. Why can't we have this escapism? Yeah. And so I've, I pushed that. So I have pushed that so much um, since she wrote that because I'm like. Yeah, we have to educate people on what's happening in the world and you know give our analysis on it and all these different things, but also let's make sure that they're making time for joy.
1: Absolutely. Um,
0: and caring for themselves and, and whatever that looks like. Maybe you don't want to have escapist entertainment, but whatever that looks like for you.
1: And so So almost like a, a, a balanced diet, yeah, <laughs> you know, not yeah. always the negative or the heavy and yeah. whatnot. And the and,
0: controversial. And the
1: controversial. Um, so I think you do a really good job with that. And people can see for themselves how can they follow you? You and The Witness on social media.
0: Yeah, so you can follow The Witness on, the Witness on all platforms at The Witness BCC. Um, for me, and I'm going to say I'm going to steal Tyler's, <laughs> Tyler's line. Follow us. We
1: all do risk. it, yes.
0: Um, <laughs> my Instagram is very long and I need to change it. So listen closely. It is Bria, B-R-E-A <laughs> underscore with underscore the underscore blonde with an E at the end underscore hair
1: wow because
0: I've been blonde for the past like five years okay so I just, you made it I made a trend it. I made it <laughs> all right
1: we'll have it in the show notes too don't worry folks yes well, um, oh th- and then yeah. my twitter at yes.
0: what is my twitter at Bria underscore Michelle Boom. M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E follow at your own risk <laughs>
1: <laughs> thanks for joining us thanks for putting us on game that's what the old folks used to say put them on game out here. Uh, with social media
0: thanks guys